Hi everyone, I'm Tommy, your host, and welcome on a new episode of the Anxiety Free Podcast. We're here to talk openly about mental health because it matters to share our stories and hopefully help each other. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and give me a review, which is going to help me to grow the pod and so you won't miss the next episode. On today's episode, I'm receiving Piotr. Piotr is from Barcelona and he used to have a very busy, intense life without really taking care of his mental health back then. But since his cancer, he has decided to change his life. He is now focusing on breathwork and help people to reconnect with themselves. A very fascinating talk that I had with this man, part of the queer community that I'm very happy to share with you today. Hi, Tommy. Thank you so much for having Hello. me. I am <laughs> delighted to be your guest and to reach out to your audience and talk to you and talk with whoever is listening, whoever is watching about anxiety, chronic stress and my battle with cancer, because I think that's going to be a big topic today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very delighted as well. Like you, you reach out, you reach out to me and I love when people reach out to me too, participating on my, on my podcast. And I think like, we're going to have a, an interesting conversation together, but how, how are you today? So you're from Barcelona. Uh, well, I live in Barcelona, so I've got a, there's a mix there happening. So I'm originally from Poland. And then when I was four, we moved to Belgium. So I was raised in Belgium, then moved back to Poland. And then the, the, the accent actually is from Ireland. So for like about eight, nine years, I lived in Ireland. So there's a big mix, all Europe though. <laughs> and uh, now for the past couple of years, I've been in Barcelona and Spain. So yeah, decided to have this as my hub, as my creative flow and ideas and everything that's happening from Barcelona to the world. I mean, love, love Barcelona. There, there's no like worst place, worst place. Like it's so good. I, I absolutely love that. I've been, I don't know, I've been like 60, 100 times. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Okay. So um, you went to Belgium. So do you mean you speak French? No, Flemish. So yeah, it was oh, the Flemish no. part. So the Dutch part. Yeah, Ghent. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, like, we're not going to have a podcast in French. No, 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 no. no, 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 no don't challenge me. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you please like introduce yourself to, to everyone? Of course. Uh, my name is Piotr Cipiel and uh, I founded Mindful Fitness and My Fit Coach and I have been using breathwork, movement and mindfulness meditation practices with myself and all my clients in the past now eight years, nine years and um, I've been really diving in with every person through their journeys, through their journeys of chronic stress, anxiety, depression, um, moments of sadness, overwhelm, and helping them to really reconnect with the body and helping them to really get that connection between the mind and the body, that there's no evil, mind is not evil, body is not evil. So just to, to have that connection. So basically in the last couple of years, um, especially after um, the diagnosis, which was um, a big chapter of my life, um, mm -hmm. I decided to really dive into being of service and helping people through speaker events, through online coaching, one-on-one -on -one events, uh, workshops with corporate. Um, so yeah, I'm basically here to, um, to serve and be used by the universe <laughs> to, um, to, to help that reconnection to happen. So basically, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a big shift for me as well, because in the past I would never, um, moved as much as I move right now. I would never be mindful or meditated. I was very anxious and really gone through um, a lot of stress in my life. 
until I realized that there was a lot of disconnection that was happening um, in myself. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's uh, yeah, that's kind of a bit about me. I hope I hope I was able to introduce myself well to this. <laughs> I, I had a conversation, um, not on the podcast, but just like a, a private conversation uh, with someone else two weeks ago um, who went through a, a lot. She had a lot of anxiety and stress. And and at some point, like she had like another disease that she couldn't move. And she was like on a, on a wheelchair for like a year mm. and uh, completely overcame, overcame this. Like, uh, but uh, after after that moment, like, she didn't have anxiety anymore. She didn't have stress because like something has shifted uh, in her brain. And she was like, well, I don't have time for this, which is, which is, which is really mm. funny because like, you don't, you don't really get to decide if you have anxiety or not, you know, but that somehow like the, the brain is pr prioritizing what's, uh, what's stressing or not uh, anymore. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, I do believe that in, our society, we give so much priority to thoughts, mind, and just whatever we're thinking constantly without actually tuning into our body and how we mm -hmm. feel in the moment and how to really get into that gut and heartfelt feelings. Um, and that, you know, of course, when that's not identified and when you don't see, you know, when you don't interpret how your body feels in the present moment, you give full priority to the mind and the overwhelm and, and the past and the future and all the thoughts. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it has affected me for many, many years. And uh, it was a buildup. And I do believe as well that everything is kind of like layered up then as well, that you, you lose control um, over stress. You don't know anymore what stress is because you just top it up with more and more stress. And then the only escape from it is to add on more stress. So by, in my case, it was just working more and just yeah. be keep on going keep on going because you're in that race already mm. so what was your um journey with uh, anxiety and stress um i was actually thinking about a moment in my life uh which of course it's quite it's quite hard to pinpoint uh, a moment where you're like feeling okay well this is when stress has just showed up and completely derailed me um, from this part of consciousness and being connected with the body. Um, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, when we moved from um, Belgium to Poland, I moved from a Catholic, well-behaved, all-boys school into a very chaotic <laughs> teenage school in Poland. And there was a lot of traumas and stress that were kind of happening because I was suddenly facing an environment that I wasn't feeling good good in and um right. and for a couple of years i was um yeah bullied mentally and physically by my classmates because i also joined a um a class that was very sport oriented they were training for the olympics so all swimmers so at the age of 12 they were all like v-shape muscly boys and then suddenly me an average boy comes over uh from a different country well behaved so i was picked on and from that moment onward i feel like everything has led to me feeling like I belong. I wanted to belong, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to do something for people to just like appreciate and accept me. So afterwards, when I got into work, uh, I really wanted to show that I'm just really good at my job. So I thought mm -hmm. by working more, working harder, I would prove to my friends, my family that I'm 
really good at it. So I was completely disassociating with myself and what I wanted, uh, but I was fulfilling the dream of my parents who are very proud that suddenly a foreigner is achieving such a great success. And that was now we moved to Ireland. So I was, when I was in Ireland in 2005, I was climbing very fast the ladder of success, so-called success for the external world. It was success. It was wealth, money, uh, management, director levels, you know, having assistance, having, having it all basically, but not having the connection with myself and what I really mm -hmm. wanted. So I started to really feel um, that whatever is going on in my life, I'm completely not in control over it. And of course, back then, I didn't know this. You don't know when it happens. You're just feeling the overwhelm and you're feeling really that kind of pressure and stress growing. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that you can do is just by, is just mask it. You know, I wasn't able to vo vocalize it. I, I had no voice. There was no voice in me. I was just making sure that I'm just, you know, showing up and just doing whatever everyone else does, working on everyone else's dream, not mine, you know, working on everyone else's goals, not mine. So the disconnection and the pain of that stress and the pain of that overwhelm got me through a lot of illnesses uh, like flu, angina, which I really wanted to have. So this is actually something very um interesting I, I believe because i own i believe as well in manifesting i believe that we even if we don't believe in manifesting we manifest in positive and we, negative manifestation yeah, exactly yeah mm. yeah exactly so you might as well just focus on the good if you want to manifest but i really wanted to um i really wanted to have time off work because i got to the point when i was 25 six, seven, and i was like, you know, having teams of 100 people that I was managing and then obviously the back of house, I was just fully in control over um, the business, um, looking at the targets and sales and trying to bring as much in, as much in, uh, again, for somebody else's dream. And it got to the point where I couldn't take time off because I felt as well that I am so responsible, so I cannot be off. I cannot be off sick, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to have time off for myself. And I was like, maybe if I, because I also, I couldn't, I couldn't just pretend and call in and be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not going to show up. No, I was the guy going on the holidays with my phone and calling my assistants and being like, how is everything? Are you okay? How is the team? What, what are the sales? Yeah, it was just like, so, and of course, being very proud of that, very proud of that, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it got to the point where first I, um, yeah, I manifested flu um, and I was a week off and I was super grateful. And when you when you combine manifestations with gratitude and thankfulness and the feelings of, yes, thank you, you, you know, the universe or whatever you believe in is like, wow, okay, well, that's nice that, you know, there's so much energy going in the body. So um, the next time when I again had to go back into work and again got into that rat race, bringing in more and more and more, doing more and more and more, not being, doing more, not being, and uh, yeah, I was like, I actually need something more serious. And then I got angina. So I was off for two weeks. Again, super grateful, super happy, thankful. And yeah, and it got to the point where I feel like I was on this, you know, snowball effect where like, you know, I was just like, I was just constantly working, working. I had no personal goals, no personal life. My life was the job, wasn't even my job. So it, it, although I was bringing in a great paycheck, but it wasn't my dream. It wasn't something that I really mm. wanted to, to, to continue doing. And then, yeah, it got to the point where I was stopped. I was just stopped. Um, you know, and in January, 2012, uh, I lost, um, seven kilograms in a week, then another 10 kilograms. 
And the doctors were really petrified because they didn't understand why a 28-year-old is now going through something, you know, unexplainable, mm -hmm. really. Um, so they, they've done plenty of tests and plenty of, you know, x-rays and scopes. And then, yeah, it, all that chronic stress with bad eating habits, uh, with mm -hmm. constantly being, you know, on coffees. I still love my coffee. This is the only addiction that I'm like, I love my coffee, so I'm not going to give up on coffee. But, you know, all of that stress, all of that buildup and all of that not connecting with myself has led to the diagnosis of, um, of cancer, you know, and that was the moment where I was like, okay, boom. What kind of cancer? Stomach. Mm. Stomach. So, exactly. So in regards, and of course, in the last couple of years, you know, when I, when I really dive in, to um into this research that is out there and we're, we're so incredible now with all um the latest find findings that uh based on all the um you know bowel movements but also all your gut problems and all the anxiety that is just held in in in, in your body you know mm -hmm. for me it was all around the stomach area it was all around really yeah. feeding that blockage you know and that of course, brought uh, brought that uh, yeah horrible horrible um, disease. Yeah, I have to, I have to say that um, when uh, I think when I was I don't know twenty one twenty twenty two years old, um, I did some like um, magnetism, and I remember this practitioner was was telling me that I need to like take care of me because like if if I don't do that, like it can lead to like big disease like an ulcer or something like that and that clicked in my mind because i was like i don't want this because my my mom had also uh lung cancer and uh, i mean I, I don't know if it's in terms of like spirituality or if it's like really there, there's already science science behind it but i i, be, I believe obviously the brain is creating all this disease so um so that's why i'm like okay i'm, I'm gonna need to take care of that brain <laughs> So well, um, fair, fair, fair play to you that you were able to stop because a lot of people have to have that moment of just like really going through something so horrible to actually, you know, to actually either change or just go or keep on going in that direction. So, yeah, well, well, you know done, what done. helped me? What helped me is that like at that time I, I started to have psoriasis and I had like all over my body. So you could tell by mm. looking at me that I had a problem. So, um, and, and like for, for me, like I, I wouldn't, um, as I was saying, like I'm from South of, South of France, so I wouldn't go to the beach because, because you would see like my, my psoriasis everywhere. So I was ashamed of this. So I was like, I don't need, I like, I, I, I need to, I need to do something. So that helped me actually. Mm. And still like, it's uh, like, I haven't really solved that, solved that problem, just medication really, but yeah. Um, so with your journey with, uh, having a cancer, what was your anxiety when you had cancer? If all your anxiety led to, let's say, um, having a cancer or at least like, or pushing it, or maybe there's like mm. many other things, but how did it change? There's plenty of factors, of course. I mean, I know no one yeah. will just be like, yeah, this is exactly why you uh, had um, cancer. I actually, in the weirdest and most natural way possible, decided to really look into like how I am feeling in the body. You know, like, I mean, when, every, when I was told that I have cancer by the oncologist, I mean, it was like in a movie. 
I was just like, I was just seeing the mouth opening and the doctor speaking, but I was like, I still remember that moment. It was just like, has he just said cancer? Because in my family, it was, it wasn't something that, you know, people had. I mean, I had Mm -hmm. my grandpa dying at the age of 50 something and he just died. You know, nobody was like, we just, you know, so it's weird as well that nowadays we're so well able to check our family history, but also be able to check ourselves. So for me, I was really disconnected already when they were saying to me that you have this. I was like, okay, no, I don't. I literally, I was, I was like, I was saying no. So I was disconnecting the word and from, from me, I was like, this is not going on with me. But at the start, I started to, I started to understand that I need to really be present every moment. And this is when kind of mindfulness kind of kicked in. And I understood that I didn't do any mindfulness, any meditation, any fitness, anything before that, like nothing, Mm. zero, you know? So for me, intuitively, I started to be like, well, if I'm not going to be here tomorrow or in a week's time, I might just really, really focus on what I can do and have today in this present moment. Mm. Um, So it was seeing that during the rest time, when I obviously I had to rest um, from work, I was off from work, I saw what I was doing incorrectly and how it all affected my well-being and my physical health. So I knew as well that whatever has brought me to this point, I, I need to give you know words or phrases to it so I can label it. So the mind starts to kind of understand as well, because I was very much in the mind. I was very much in my thoughts. And, and at the beginning, the, the initial thought when I had the diagnosis was, how will my family cope with it? It wasn't mm-hmm. about me. It was just about how will I tell my mom and my dad, you know, they will yeah. be devastated. You know, they're, they're only some, they're so proud of me. And, I've, you know, you know, suddenly I was just like, this is, this is going to be um, quite, yeah, a, a tough, tough reaction. Um, because also and, like and I, when you say something, you acknowledge it in the same time. Exactly. Exactly. And you seem to say that loud. Yeah. And the mind starts creating stories around it as well. And listen, in the, in the first week or two, I, I bought all the books. I bought like how to go, how to, how to be healed from cancer. How did I do cancer? You know, and I've never opened these books. Never. I was just like, <laughs> they just stayed on the shelf. And only like, I only found them probably like, like I literally like a year ago. I was like, okay, this is interesting that I bought these, but I started to just tap in into how my body feels and where do I feel the stress in my body throughout it. So anxiety seemed to seem to have in a way given up because I wasn't in control. I wasn't putting the mind first. Does that make sense? So, so I was, I was kind of like, I wasn't blocking my emotions anymore. I wasn't blocking my feelings. If I was feeling sad, I was feeling sad. If I was feeling angry, I was feeling angry. If I was feeling, you know, Oh, okay, it's a good day. I was feeling it's a good day. I wasn't mm-hmm. blocking all the thoughts and all the spiral of thoughts that I would have had beforehand. I would have been like, oh, but what if I will, you know, how can I be sad or angry? I need to show up for people. So I have to be happy and joyful all the time. So I was just like really, that's that's what I mean by, by disconnecting and disassociation. Because when this happens, and it, and it happened in my case, I started to see how of a role I was playing. You know, and how much of an identity I brought to the surface as a as a manager director, and I wasn't aligned with myself. So that's the that was kind of the big one where I was like, wow, you know, yes, 
I'm actually letting go of this kind of overwhelm. And, you know, I'm letting go of, of and it did, it, of course, it, it's a practice, right? It's a, it's a, it continues, it's like a muscle. You have to build it. That kind of anxiety-free moments, when you have them, cherish them, you know? Mm. When you have these moments, you're like, yes, okay, I'm cherishing this, you know? Any overwhelm, when I see them and I started to really observe my, my thoughts, I was like, okay, well, okay. I could, I could have easily just like, you know, gone into a spiral of, yeah. of this, but I'm not gonna, I'm just not gonna. So you just like let all your, your emotions out and then like, uh, how long, um, how long were you sick for? Uh, I had a year and a half of chemotherapies. So, um, uh, I had 16 chemotherapies altogether, uh, spaced out throughout that year and a half. Okay. 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 So, um, right after you, uh, heal from, from cancer, uh, you, um, you were still in that state, uh, in that state of mind, emotion, and need to like, like let everything, every, everything out. So, uh, when did you start to share your experience? Um, and, and like decide to learn a bit more about like these healings techniques. I knew intuitively that I have to work on myself. I have, I had to heal myself to be able to help others as well. I knew that, that this is not my end. I knew that there's a bigger message. I was never uh, a religious person. I was never into spirituality. So everything that has happened in the last 11, 10 years, it's a brand new chapter of my book. You know, it's a brand new me. You know, we wouldn't have this conversation beforehand. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there was, um, so I started to really understand that I need to build up my strength through learning about how the body works. So I started to study the body, started to really read and listen to you, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos on what is going on in the body, what's going on in the digestive system. How is this connected with the heart? How is it connected to the brain? Why, what, where is the mind? Is the mind the brain or is the mind the whole body? Where's mm -hmm. the trauma store? So I started to really go into full on, I, I studied sports science. It got to the point where I was like, because I'm, I'm so devoted as well. So I, I was like, okay, I'm actually now, I can really devote myself to this, right? Something that I can really use in my own journey. And then, so, so, so at the beginning, it was me really having these chats with myself. And in all fairness, there was moments where I was liking myself. I was not like, I was far away from loving myself. Far, far, far away. I was just liking, not liking myself. So I was just like going, okay, well, let's meditate. Everyone talks about meditation. So I sat down and I was like, this is, this is stupid city. I'm not going to meditate. I'm not in India. So literally, I was just, this was my train of thoughts. I was like, this is not going to, this is silly. But every day I was like, okay, let's try this again for a minute, 30 seconds. Okay, what thoughts? Oh my God, I can see the thoughts. They're not dissolving. Mm -hmm. Oh, what? You know, so it was just like a full on chatter. The mind was still in control. Mm -hmm. The mind was like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The more you do it though, like the, the, the more you can uh, control these thoughts and, you, and, and the less there is actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and also befriend them. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. And all my clients, I teach them to befriend your thoughts. You know, you need to, there's no, and of course, yes, there, there are some, you know, once you're in a meditative state, in a mindful state, you know, the thoughts that are coming are coming there from the programs and from the conditioning, from everything that has happened in the past, because that's how the mind works. The mind is logic, analytical survival. It mm -hmm. tries to protect you. It, it only knows how to protect you. It doesn't, it, it will not give you, 
big dreams because you need to tap into your heart and into your body what your big dreams are. So the mind will kind of stop you, be like, uh, mm, slow down there. No, I don't think you're ready for this. You know, keep practicing. You're not, you're not, you're not like Tommy. You're not like him. You're not, you know, so starts, you know, so it starts to give you all these, all these anxiety thoughts were like, well, actually you're not good enough yet. So, you know, you're not worthy enough. So let's, you know, stay there. So that's also a very interesting topic about like how we can actually befriend our thoughts in a mindful meditative state. And that's when breathwork helps as well. Practice is key. Like uh, for me, it's very easy now to do me to do meditation. Like I know how to do this. And but before, like it was like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to know um, because I want to talk about mindfulness uh, and also because you're working on uh, breath work. Uh, I feel like mindfulness has a lot of breath work uh, involved. Sometimes I just want to know what's the difference um, between them to and their benefits i like to differentiate mindfulness from breath work based on the fact that when you're mindful you're present and you know your, your breath can be still a little bit chaotic but i'm for example here talking to you knowing that i'm here talking to you not thinking what i'm going to be doing in the next hour or two and you know what my next meeting will be like so mindfulness for me is being in the present state in this moment without judgment, without comparison, without being like, oh, but yesterday, oh, but tomorrow, oh, but in one hour, no. And you can be, I practice mindfulness, you know, going on my walks, you know, and and yeah. being around trees, plants, the beach. That's why I'm in Barcelona as well. You know, I've got an abundance here of nature, of, of beautiful people. And I'm just like, you know, and when you're observant, that's when you're that's when you're mindful you know without mm -hmm. the judgment without and even if the voice shows up okay it is there you know it, there's a reason why it's there there's no like you know there's no attachment to to the thoughts to to the to that kind of spiral of thinking breath work because there's so many techniques so breath work can be a mindful practice right so if you focus it's the easiest way to become mindful if you just allow yourself to close your eyes and just focus on the inhale and the exhale you're mindful the eyes as well, because of the sight, it is our main sensory perception. So we we interpret the world through the lens that we have, you know, like, oh, you know, that person is wearing this, that person. And we like to, and then the the eyes like to label stuff as well. So so we go eyes, mind, brain, label. Okay, this person is this, this is this. But rhetoric has so many different techniques and it, it is based on such amazing ancient wisdom because it's not something brand new. We're just rediscovering and we're unlearning that we now have to actually tap into our body. And breathwork is the fastest way to tap into our inner pharmacy because we all can be, in just an instance, more energized, sleep better, have better digestion. Uh, if we're fasting, you know, we can, there's a technique called drinking air, you know, when you're actually helping the gut bacteria and you're feeling the hunger pangs going away. So breathwork is part of mindfulness, I believe, but because of all the techniques that are out there, you can really pick and choose what serves you in, in that moment. I feel like if you want to have um, um, a tool, uh, like a quick tool to like slow down, like maybe the anxiety, the breath work would work. Like, but if on the long term, mindfulness is the best. But very be very conscious about breath work because there's some breath work practices 
that would actually bring you in a more energized state and, and bring you into a sympathetic nervous system. So you'll be more chest breathing, shallow breathing. So the first thing that I always uh, like to do with whoever, even my friends, you know, sometimes they're just like, oh my God, here he is again with his breath test, to place a hand on your chest and place a hand on your belly. Before we went here online, I did that. I wanted to ground myself. I'm very excited for this podcast. I'm very happy to meet you and, and your audience, but I'm also very it, the excitement was rising and I was observing myself being like, oh, what is he going to say? Well, why is he late? You know, I don't, and it was just like, you know, it was just like all the chatter was going on. So I was like, okay, hold on a second. Ground yourself, center yourself, close your eyes and just take a few breaths. The only thing, yeah. if you really want to tap in to a calmer state is to focus on the longer exhalation through your mouth. So it's almost like you want to imagine you're actually blowing air through a straw. You know, you purse your lips, you just go a longer exhalation and the mm -hmm. cycles of breath without pausing. So inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth, slowly, longer, soft, nothing chaotic, you know, everything. So the, the, the body starts tuning in. And of course, at the start, as you said beforehand, it's all a practice. We all mm -hmm. are, you know, it, it's all about consistency, practicing, and then becoming better at life. It's not about becoming better yeah. at, at meditation or breath. It's about becoming better at life. So talking about, about this, there's actually a lot of people who are struggling with these practices to have them in uh, and integrate them in their routine. Why do you think that though? Uh, and um, give us some tips to make sure like people can integrate five, 10, or maybe an hour meditation a day. I don't, I, I, I don't know your intake. Yeah, well, that's that for me. That's quite excessive. <laughs> for me, an hour meditation hour. would be quite. I mean, yeah, uh, this is not COVID anymore. Like we don't have yeah, time. No, anymore. no, 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 no. We need. To, we're social creatures as well. We have to be around yeah. people. So let's just you know, meditation. Also, meditation done in groups is phenomenal. But if you spent twenty minutes on a meditation, you're you know that's amazing. That's fantastic. I bow. You know, and it, and there's no. There's no right or wrong here. You'll have days when you want to meditate. You'll have days when you have so many thoughts during your meditation. Every practice, even until now, I'm having all this chatter happening as well. I have days when I'm feeling enlightened and feeling amazing. And I have days when I'm like, oh my God, this is like the worst meditation ever, which actually never is. It's the same. There's never the worst ever. You just, you know, went through it. So basically what I would suggest to, um, to people to just revert to their breath as they kind of wake up. Because waking up, and those first few moments, you need to take the time for yourself. That's mm -hmm. it. There's, there's an absolute must. There's no, there's no getting away from that. If you have, you know, if you have children, if you have work, you need to get up at least 30 minutes before everything starts, before the whole world comes to you, before social media comes to you, before you just, you cannot. I mean, I am, and I, I love, and I use this word quite often, be selfish. It's okay to be selfish. Be selfish. Mm -hmm. Be focusing on yourself. So, so the way I wake up, for example, in the morning is when I finally get out, I drink loads of water, again, a mindful practice when I'm like drinking water and understand what it does to my body, the hydration. It's not just like, oh yeah, let's just drink water and think about, you know, a project. No, no, no. I'm in the moment of drinking water. So mindfulness, number one, boom. I'm already like, you know, aware that, okay, I am in this present moment. I have access to fresh water. Fantastic. Then I just go through breathing. I literally place what I always do, place my hands on, on, on my chest and on my diaphragm belly, and I connect with the breath. A couple of cycles, an inhale and an exhale. And then what I would definitely 
uh, advise people to do yeah, is really, go. Sorry, I, I cut you yeah, here. Yeah. Like, so you re, you really do it like five, six times where you, when you are in bed and and before before yeah. actually like stepping. Okay, absolutely. Like you absolutely. don't need to do like five, ten minutes. No, 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 no. You don't. No, no, no. Because it's it's almost like your body will become aware that you're aware. Your body will, will tune in that you're aware of the control that you can have over your breath. And that is the biggest power because our breath has just so many benefits. I mean, controlling, we are probably the only, but obviously we don't know. We, like, I mean, we can't really dive into, you know, rodents or uh, elephants, but we are probably the only species that can control their breathing. So we go either from chaotic, shallow breathing, chest breathing, which is very, like, it, it creates oxidative stress. It creates more stress, anxiety, panic, you know? And we, we let go of so much CO2, you know, all of this, it's, it's the research is out there. Once we control our exhalations and become mindful of the breath, we become mindful of our life. We do become mm -hmm. mindful of that we are in the present moment and actually nothing else matters because I can have plenty of projects throughout the day, but I'm not there yet. I'm here. Right now I'm here and I have a, an amazing, fantastic, grateful day ahead, but I can focus on that later. Right now I can focus on my breath and on this moment in time. And then like, I mean, another great practice is the rhythm. So, and also music. I mean, music has healing benefits. It's, mm. it's just, you know, we, we, we are so connected. You know yourself, once you go out, you know, and once you dance, there's the, the movement. So you're dancing, so you're moving the body, so you're moving go, the energy. I barely, I barely go you out. Know? No, no, no. Yes, yeah, I, I, yes, I do. I've seen, I've seen on your Instagram. I, I'm, wa yeah, I'm yeah, watching yeah. you. <laughs> like, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? I I'm in the wrong industry. Like a body I, boy who talk about anxiety. This is weird. Oh, no, no, stop. This is you, you. You are exactly in the right place because I, I like to call this that you're you're a wolf in sheepskin. So you look like you know, a, a person that can exactly party, 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 but people will be surprised that you're actually doing this podcast as well. And then they'll, they, you'll invite them into your world. That's what I mm. do as well, because that, that is the, that's the beautiful gift we have. We don't have to, you know, look a certain way, you know, behave a certain way to attract our, our people that want to hear more how to deal with anxiety, body dysmorphia, body identification, which I had for many years. So all of this, uh, but yeah, so, so, and, and then, a great uh, breath work that will help. And this, this can be just like two, three minutes is just find your rhythm to the music. So find a, a tune. And most tunes are now one to eight beats per minute. So all of the pop tunes, there's a reason why probably they're, they're out there and they're so popular because our brain registers it. So you can find a rhythm inhaling for two and exhaling for four and inhaling for two, exhaling for four. And you continue going with this. Again, close your eyes and just find, you know, you can sway, you can move your body. It's all good. There's no, you know, I, I, I also, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of people saying meditation, lotus position, you know, uh, this, this, you know, breath, like what scares me I'm really now. I'm not in the lotus position. <laughs> no, it's, it's really, it really is not. And I still can. I mean, my, my hips <laughs> are not, I mean, yeah, my glutes oh, okay. and my hips. Yeah, I'm just not, no, 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 no. No, but um, yeah, but, but there's, there's many ways that you can practicing these first thing in the morning is probably the most beneficial because yeah. then you start really preparing yourself for the day ahead and preparing yourself to connect with yourself. And then you can use these practices throughout the day as well. Little moment of mindfulness and little moment of breathwork.
So what kind of change should I expect in my life when uh, I start uh, practicing uh, mindful, mindfulness, let's say, like on a regular basis? I think the key to everything is awareness. For you to become aware of everything within you and around you, surrounding you, and seeing everything through lenses. Because we Clarity. all... Absolutely. Absolutely. Clarity, um, bigger understanding as well that... Everyone's going through something, big understanding for yourself and understanding as well the true mindful practices like watching a bird, watching a flower, although it might feel tedious and you'll be like, what is this? But you can find your own uh, way of becoming mindful. Like, you know, I practice literally mindfulness in the gym first. For me, it was going into the gym and being really mindful of my workout. And and whoever talks to me, I'm like, this is a meditation practice for me. I go in, I'm super focused. <laughs> I got my yeah, I'm, I have my AirPods in, and I'm like, yeah, I've got the music going, and I I focus on my breath. Great tip here: try to breathe as much through the nose in and out only through your workouts. You'll see amazing benefits for strengthening your muscles, leaning out, functional strength, okay. etc nasal breathing only in and out uh, if you have to exhale to the mouth but only if you have to but inhale always through the nose there's just so many health benefits from breathing through the nose and, okay. and yeah so that that became my uh, my mindful practice to be like okay i am in this two more repetitions right okay i'm in this set i'm in this so do, and do you have like um any maybe because you're following obviously uh, clients do you have any success stories with with them that you you'd like to share plenty um but I think the beauty of working with the body and the mind is that there's no right or wrong. There's no bad guy here. So, the, you know, but I do believe that a lot of people, um, a lot of my clients have given the driver seat to the mind and completely disconnected from the body. So they don't tune in anymore how they feel, you know? So if you're, if you're, because the mind always tries to override the body if you're not prepared for it. So mean that What that means is that, the, the, the body will kind of give you a bit of a, oh, I'm having, you know, sweat. I'm, you know, I'm having goosebumps, you know, mm -hmm. and the mind will try to rationalize it. But when you're actually in the moment of like, okay, well, hold on, I'm, I'm staying in the body. Mind, I appreciate you. I got you. You're okay. I got you. You're, there's nothing wrong. But like, let me just really feel how the body is going through this or that. So um, a lot of the clients that I, that I uh, worked with have gone through some severe traumas in their childhood um a, a lot of disconnection with the body a lot of pain a lot of sexual trauma abuse um addictions um and and of course the body does keep the score so for a mind that is wanting to rationalize what is going on in your environment let's say as a kid mm -hmm. It will, it will not give you rational because you don't understand this. So it will store it somewhere in your body. So for me, connecting like through body scans and connecting where you feel the pain in your body when we talk about something and then seeing then true breath work, mindfulness, meditation and movement, because this is body activation, super important for your energy to flow in the body and through specific breath work journeys. I have seen people releasing so much trauma and so much pain um that they re finally were able to not because it's a journey it's not a destination right yeah, I mean, yeah we yeah. need to all all understand this it's a journey and it's it's a beautiful journey life is a beautiful journey and there will be ups and downs ups and downs it's amazing but we need to understand that you know once you start releasing trauma pain 
through screams, through tears, through laughter. Oh my God, like I've, I've seen a lot of kind of ecstatic movements happening throughout a journey, uh, throughout the breathwork movement journey, um, that, you know, you, you see that the person is finally, okay, I can actually accept that this has happened and let me keep on connecting with the body slowly by slowly, bit by bit, because I have time, because it's a journey. And then yeah. with every practice, we, we are able to reveal more, we're able to open up more, and we're really able to bring a person from a state of, oh, I, I, I thought I'm healthy, happy, and, and positive, but actually I was playing a role that wasn't serving me, I wasn't serving my goals and dreams, and now finally I'm opening up, and now I can actually see that I'm a fully in love with myself woman, I accept myself as a beautiful gay man. I am incredible, you know, and, and I had I had these myself. So when I was going through my first breathwork journey with my mentors, you know, the releases that I had and, and the pain that I felt because I wasn't accepting myself as a gay man for many years, I was just like crying, shouting because the pain was felt in the body. I wanted to talk about men um, because I've been talking how men are so different and um than women because they are not open in, in the same way with emotions uh maybe like as a gay as a gay guy we are like a, a bit more like emo emotional and like open to that kind of thing so that's probably a bit easier but do you have uh straight men coming uh at you and how different it is to treat them i do I actually work with a lot of men because my main uh, project on this world, on my journey, is to transmute that toxic alpha male masculinity into positive vulnerability, to accept mm -hmm. that you have to cry. So a lot of men, and I do have, I have athletes, I have people, I have men that have been um, abusing alcohol drugs uh, as my clients and i've i've witnessed that there's just a pattern the, the pattern basically is that the disconnection of their emotional state has led them to be aggressive has led them to to have the substance abuse etc because they are unable to express themselves so i let people through breathwork men to open up to cry because it's okay to cry we've been told mm -hmm. for too long that it's you know that's not good to 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 show your yeah. emotions, show your vulnerable state. So so I work with a lot of um, teenagers as well, and, and boys and men in their twenties that are still very much unaware how they should show up in life, you know, to to, to other people and 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 for themselves in their own bodies. So I help people to really get that beautiful body identification not to be something so important for them but feel good in their bodies and not just look good feel good is important so i so men are actually more and more opening up and a lot of street men um are opening up to um to basically, to basically I, i'm always showing this research at them i'm like if you just want to basically live longer healthier uh, if you don't want to think or commit suicide because the rate is 27% of men are are higher up than women uh, if you you know if you don't want or if you want to stop your alcohol drug abuse addiction if you do, if you want to find a way to deal with your aggression your anger because what do we what do we do maybe not us <laughs> but what do we do as men we 
meet with other men to talk about soccer and drink alcohol. And there's no, there's no talks about like, how do you feel today? You know, are you okay? Like, is this, is this job really fulfilling you? Like, no, it's all about more. I have more cash. I have a better car. I have, you know, a greater girl, blah, 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 mm. blah. So stripping all this, and it's easy to strip, actually. Uh, I have to say it's easy to strip these beliefs because they've been conditioned by our society or by our grandparents, our parents, you know, and we yeah. really rely on it. So, so it, it's a beautiful movement to see more and more men wanting to feel more, wanting to be more connected with their emotional well-being and their emotional yeah feelings and and and, uh, and energy okay yeah i i'm sure it might be so interesting i haven't i i don't think i've had oh probably i had like a one one or two straight guy straight guy here but i want i want to have more like a, i really want to ex extend like uh, my um audience as well like to um, to to straight people because they're probably like they're probably hard to get to get at first but like they probably need to go through like a lot of health issues probably to go and see you right mm. yeah they uh, or there's also another beautiful moment when i connect really deeply with their beloved one <laughs> with their partner and for example i am uh, their coach i am their mentor and And the men are very interested and intrigued by the services that I provide because they see what is going on with, you know, with, with uh, their partner. Yeah. Uh, and of course, um, you know, and this is a, definitely a, a totally separate subject, but we have this way of seeing gay men as being camp, you know, and not, you know, so we, 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 we live in spectrums. We live in like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, if a person you know, is doing this and this, then they're gay. I'm like, well, you know, everyone can be like, there's no, you know, why are we again labeling and putting people into boxes? So for mm -hmm. many years, and this is kind of my kind of constantly coming out of my new clients, they don't expect in their mind for me to be gay, you know? So it's, it's beautiful to see once we get a relation, because of course I'm not introducing myself. Hi, my name is Piotr. I'm gay. Like, that's not, that's silly. Like, I mean, that's just, you know, mm. so once we create a bond and a relationship, they see as well that they are safe with me, you know, like, I mean, that they don't have to sort of show up in their masculinity and be like, or, you know, I, you know, a lot of men that I have had in the last couple of years now have told me basically that I was able to, beautifully switch their mindset about gay or different orientations etc that i that they, they were just blinded to it they were just looking at people through a lens mm -hmm. uh you know and and a lens that wasn't serving um anyone themselves especially because obviously why would you have so much anger towards another uh sexual orientation why i mean there's no reason Literally, it's just, you know, again, it's a label and it's safety. And it's like our mind survival is like, oh, maybe I should just label, you know, because it's it's different. It's, it's you know, but Jesus Christ, it, we're, you know, we're all unique <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I'm always asking uh, for the last question um, to, to everyone uh, if they have, a message for to give to people who are living with anxiety or and even for you who are resisting to uh, do some breath work and meditate and take care mm. of themselves yes first of all be very patient with yourself 
uh, and be kind to yourself through that patience. Uh, if you do a minute of meditation a day, that's good enough. You don't have to go through a 20 minute, you know, meditation. If, if this is today is not the day, that's okay. Just let go. This is why I love mindfulness and I love people to connect with the mindfulness feeling where you drop judgment. And of course, again, it's a practice. It's not going to come like this just because you're watching this or listening to this or, or, or hearing podcasts. You have to really feel it in your body. Um, what I like to do as well is to create everything of myself around my morning routine and then have a journal practice to, to bring out my emotions, my thoughts onto paper so I can address it somewhere. Because most of the time, I'm not sure whether you're, are you having a journal as well, Tommy? Yes, I have. Oh, amazing. So basically, I, uh, is... I'm not, I'm not using it like all the time. I used, I used to, because like right now I don't really feel the need. Like I am mm. very okay yeah. and happy with, with, with my life. It, but uh, I know that um, if I'm feeling like upset, sad or, or whatever, I'm gonna like, yeah, write down like a few pages and then always finishing with like some gratitude points. And it always mm. make me feel so much better straight away. And exactly. I mean, I've, I, I know that I have worked a lot on my mindset and my body identification, my mind identification, you know, towards now like literally the last 10 years has been constant work but it's only been yeah. 10 years 28 years of my life i was unaware so it doesn't matter where you are on your path how old you are how young you are who you are it does not matter you can always 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 uh, come into mindful moments uh, believe you can you know and also connect with that breath that grounding breath when you close your eyes and you come tap into the power that is your breath, the inhale and exhale. You know, we come to this world with an inhale, we leave with the last exhale. Everything that has happened in between is literally our connection with the breath and with the body and then with the mind. There's no evil here. Everything can work in balance and in harmony and in synchronization because that's what I believe in. And, and honestly, everyone that has been going through different practices that I teach has have seen great, incredible uh, and powerful transformations. So I wish you all truly well. Be patient, be kind, be grateful for being able to even watch or listen to this and being with me and Tommy. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I said at the beginning. That was a very interesting conversation that we had together. So, and I'm very glad we, we finally did it. So yes. um, thanks for, for joining the Anxiety Free Podcast. <laughs> Thank and, you so much, Tommy. Uh, Thank you.